When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganello, all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Challenge All Stars Three. We're half of practice for episode five. I am Brian Cohn. With me, as always, is my co-host Ali. Ali, how are you? Yeah, big of you to welcome back the listeners to the podcast. Welcome back to you, Brian. Yeah, it's great to be back in the states. I was busy scouting the next season of the challenge. People who might be on it. Um, <laughs> looking good. Everyone's looking good in the UK. Here's what's fun about podcasting with Brian for nearly eight years. Oh boy, this could go anywhere. Any no, no, it's like. I feel like this is it's it's not just you. It's like typical of a lot of people. Like if you can't make a podcast or we're having a scheduling thing, it's like I can't do that day. Mystery reason. Ryan told me mm-hmm. very early in the in recording before we even started, maybe that he couldn't do last week. No explanation why. And I was like, oh, I could do Friday. Do it. No, I'm just I'm out that week. Mm-hmm. And then Instagram, you're on this like beautiful vacation. I'm like, why didn't he tell me he was going on like a birthday trip with his wife? He was just like, I'm out. I can't. I can't do it. I'm. I can't, I'm out. You gotta leave some mystery. You know, let, let the social media do the talking every once in a while. It's like when Akiva goes dark, and I first Google like, is there some extended Jewish holiday going? going <laughs> Those on? are googling. Is he dead? Well, that wouldn't make national news. What a depressing conversation that was. Not that we were off track about NGOG when he was like, do you think my kids will listen to me when I'm dead? That was so sad. Yeah. Also, you're talking to someone whose dad is dead. It was right. like pretty dark. I actually meant to edit it out and then forgot. Not forgot, but was like, uh, just whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It was cute the, to hear his five. daughter be like, I'd be sad if you were dead. I feel like oh, the yeah. way he paints himself, <laughs> maybe people would have doubted that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Anyway, most people don't know what we're talking about, but glad you're back, Brian. It was great to have Grace, though. We had a good time. Yeah, you guys did a great job. Good episode last week, good episode this week, but uh, you guys covered last week. Very enjoyable. It's always fun. We always say this, but it's always fun to to take a step back and listen to this as a a fan. Um, And you both uh, did a wonderful job. Entertain me on my flight back. 
Well, shortest flight of all time, or just a segment of it. But it's just a small segment of it. <laughs> uh, Grace had good uh, good instincts. She correctly called that the authority would be quickly scaling back from six. Uh, yes. And we find out this week that, yes, indeed, it will scale from six to two, which honestly, any time after this week would have been a beat too late. So I was happy to hear that news. Yeah, I think this is what uh, the challenge should be doing. Like, I, I like that they're adaptable, but it, like it, it fits with the time frame. I mean, we're already halfway in more than halfway in. I mean, the finale is in a couple of weeks, believe it or not. Um, so I think they needed to do something different with the format. Um not that it was getting stale, but you know, same thing after a few weeks. Good to mix things up, and I think this was the right time to do it. I thought the, I, I'm actually surprised they dropped the two. I thought they would drop the four or even do like a weird three type situation. But uh, I'm very excited for the just the winners making it. I, I'm glad they dropped to two and not a different configuration, just because like the de facto will end up being like if there's dissent, the woman, the women will probably the. Sorry, the woman in the authority will probably be able to name, nominate the woman to go into the arena, man, nominate the man. That's like generally mm-hmm. how this kind of goes. Um, not all the time, but like, you know, if there's like real dissent. Um, and I like that essentially it'll give one person authority because that's the only way we're going to see any intrigue going on is like if Kellyanne gets nominated, you know, then she's kind of left to her own devices. I would be hard pressed to find a man who's gonna like really try to neuter her authority in the authority but we'll see mm-hmm. um it also brings back and grace and i talked about this you and i have talked about this they're switching it up now the loser's not going to go in automatically mm-hmm. and you're the the person who's nominated by the authority is going to get to see the setup to the elimination before they decide who's going to go in to be their opponent yeah they're really i mean this is like uh challenge mixed tiles they're like tossing every possible configuration of a of a season into this shorter uh season but uh, yeah this was good too i was you know it's funny when the way this this challenge the daily was playing out like obviously they didn't explain that the, the loser wasn't automatically going in and then the only other decision would be from the authority so i thought a lot of the drama that was playing out was kind of moot uh, but then obviously it did matter because of the format change and normally i don't like when as we discussed, they don't tell them changes in format, but this one I thought played pretty well that they didn't actually tell them what the change was, especially for this type of challenge with how they were trying to game the system. So I did actually like that they held this out from them. So it's interesting. I had the same thought, but then MJ has this weird confessional where he's like, the only way that I could possibly not go in is if John is in the authority. And I was like, huh? And then we find out that it's like, okay, if John is in the authority and the men are all going to put him in. Maybe John A can like counter it. Like it seems like the confessional from the mm, confessional that MJ knew, but it's like three different stages. Like, did he mean he knew in the challenge or is this retroactively MJ commenting in the confessional about the challenge? And then it really is that only John A could have saved him because at that point I thought he was automatically in. So I'm like, maybe they knew. And honestly, like, the only reason the intrigue mattered is because Brad sort of like doesn't get things. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. We don't, we, who can say, I agree with you though, that the, if the way they edited it, which is all we have is accurate, then I think it did work. Um, even though we normally don't like that. I yeah. think I actually thought 
last week's challenge was a perfect case for why it's great that they don't get to know the elimination before they pick their team. Because the way this is shaping up where there are two massive alliances and a few fringe outsiders, like the only way the outsiders have a fighting chance is if the huge alliance gets incomplete information and gets unlucky like they did last week. So, although it's unclear because Kendall wasn't working with them, but whatever. Um, that is great to me. Like, I like mm-hmm. that. I worry going into this that, but what I like about it is that it's not like the authority gets to see it. It's the person who most likely will be in the minority, the person voted in by the authority, who will yeah. get to see the elimination and get an upper hand. So, I'm okay with it in this totally results oriented view. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point about the loser or the person voted in getting the pick rather than like the winners getting like the double information. Yeah. That's a good point that it plays better like this. Cause theoretically like for the shows, the most drama perspective would be that the, uh, all things being equal, the person voted in wins because obviously then they're coming back more of a grudge to hold against someone else. So like for the show's perspective, it's probably more fun for them to win, um, especially if they're in the minority alliance. So yeah, I'd rather them have, whatever better chance they could gain from seeing the elimination, I'd rather them have that power rather than the authority or the people in power having that double information on them. So yeah, that's a good point. Let's, let's take it back to the, the beginning of the episode. I, I just wanted to get into the meat of the, the format changes here mm-hmm. as we go into it. Uh, the headline, if you will. Um, Kayla's talking about what to do with the grenade. And I was like, it's a little lie. Lie to everyone else. Don't lie to me. Like, why is she having this conversation with her main alliance? Like, hmm, uh, well, like, the easy move is to, like, throw it on Beth. Is she pretending to be tight with Kellyanne? Like, it seems, like, very clear that all of the women in the treehouse are against Kellyanne and we're against Kendall. Like, why is she acting coy with her sabo now? Um, I mean, is it coy? I mean, she, I think the two options were Kellyanne or Beth at this, at this point. I mean, Beth is, like, the newbie that is trying to like ruffle feathers. Kellyanne's a seemingly a stronger competitor that has a good chance to win and maybe not want to have the direct hit if Kellyanne wins to go back. So I, I didn't think it was like really lying. I thought that was the debate whether to do Kellyanne or, or Beth here. Well, she says like Beth would be the easy thing to do, like to just be like, Oh, she's yeah. new. And that's what she does. But I'm just sort of like, to me, there's no more like, Oh, I didn't give you the sabotage Kellyanne. So you shouldn't throw it back on to me. Like, the lines have been drawn. Like, let's not mm-hmm. pretend like the Sabo would be officially drawing the line against Kellyanne. Sure, sure. But I guess just to avoid any direct blowback, like maybe at this point Kellyanne would have her sights set on someone else. But if in this particular moment she gets the sabotage from Kelly and from Kayla, then she's top more top of mind um, for for Kayla to go after. But yeah, it's for. Or for Kellyanne to go after, but yeah, it's it's it is pretty clear that they're not like working together. But I think it's a fair internal debate for her. Like, all right, do I go after the person we've always been going after? Or do we go after more like the new newbie wild card? Um, so I, I I mean I think she made the right decision, but I I think it's a fair debate to have. Um, that it's not like a, a facade or anything. Oh, see, that's interesting. I think she made a bad decision, although, like. It's or if you think this if you think the lose if if the challenge result is that the first person to lose like the loser goes in directly, then it makes sense to sabotage an already weaker contestant like Beth. 
because then it increases her odds that she's the loser and you're not. But if it's just to keep people out of the authority, you should sabo Kellyanne or whoever you think is the person most likely to have a chance at winning. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about this sabotage, the way it worked out, was just based off how this challenge is going to play out. Since uh, Kayla was coming from the majority alliance, like, there was no way whoever she put it on was going to win. Like they're, they're just, like Beth or Kellyanne or whoever was not going to win the challenge unless she like went super rogue and put it on someone from the treehouse. Like someone from the treehouse was going to win the challenge. So this was like a super easy one to not have any worry that the person you put it on is going to win that week because it just was not going to happen. Right. Well, the challenge itself was a complete joke, but we'll get to that. I'm I'm not frustrated about it. Uh, <laughs> speaking of things that are clear, Wes, I love Wes in the men's conversation, like being like, I told you Jordan was good. Like mm-hmm. they, they've seen him like right. Derek does, a, as he name dropped this episode, Derek does a podcast about right. this. He knows that Jordan is good. Right, it's not like he's describing Vecna to someone who's never seen him before. Like they all know, like he's this ghost, mystical creature. Like we know he's like a, a great competitor. But quick note on Jordan, like that was, I was having my own internal debate in my head of what was the more impressive performance um, from Jordan, uh, either beating Darrell in this one or the tug of war from Josh. Uh, what What do you think was more impressive from him? I don't like to be quizzed. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you think is more overcoming a massive size difference or overcoming a massive hand difference in a in a single elimination? It's hard, right? It's hard for me to say because I wouldn't be able to overcome either, frankly. Sure. But I mean, to me, like while the size difference like mattered in the challenge, it was really endurance. So it's like, I guess it's not, it, it was surprising in that you look at that and you're like, oh, Darrell's going to be able to roll Jordan, no problem. Mm-hmm. But once it becomes like an endurance effort, then I would have Jordan all day. The hand thing is like a critical element of that challenge. Right. Yeah, I just think that they both kind of came down to like Jordan either outsmarting a little bit with Josh or out endurancing Darrell. And I think outsmarting Josh is less impressive of a feat. So that's why I thought like him, you know, outdueling Darrell there was just, it was just, I, I, I thought he was going to lose. I was like, wow, they're actually going to beat him. Jordan's like, they added fool me. I thought he was going to lose. So uh, it was just crazy impressive. The, the dude's incredible with this type of stuff. But yeah, that was just a quick sidebar. Well, what about. The sledgehammer. That to me is the one that that's I think it. about the most. That's the one that's like, just how? <laughs> like, just that, how? That almost he just like does like, I feel like he does that on like a regular basis. So I feel right, like, like but <laughs> I, I still think he's like in his offseason training to figure out how to win uh, uh, ring wrestle and one of those type of things. He's going to f- find a way to do it um, and that's going to top it all. But I mean, it's wild. He's, he's so good. at He's so good at everything. It's crazy. Um, but okay, so Wes is going to mm-hmm. very covertly, naturally make relationships by saying, I want to be in the Darrell role. <laughs> right, very, very subtle, uh, classic Wes move. Uh, but again, he's, I mean, he's doing it, but he's also doing it with people he's already friends with. Is where Wes, it like, doesn't make sense with a lot of stuff that Wes is doing if it's like real or it's for show because he's like so close, obviously, with Brad and Nehemiah and other people. So it's, is he do is this, is this all just a facade just for like, for a, entertainment purposes to like oh i'm gonna like make a stand to be the new Durrell. like i mean you're already kind of friendly with these people anyway 
He is, but he also isn't. Like, I feel like, like, he is in real life, but if somebody, and I, well, I know we get into sort of this crossover later, but, like, if anybody is someone you could screw over in the challenge or not work with if the house is against them and they would have to sort of understand, I think it's Wes, right? Like, mm-hmm. if Brad was like, I've got a really good thing going here with Mark and Derek and whatever, and they don't trust you and no one trusts you, you've made your own bed, you super villain. Like, I can't do anything for you. I don't think Wes is like no longer is like cutting out Brad. If anything, like then his character builds like the more Mm -hmm. that everybody loathes him, like the stronger he grows. I think this was best case scenario for Wes. I think you and I were sort of projecting this in our conversation with Scally and Matt. Like there was a really good path for Wes with his existing friendships, but I also could have seen it going the other way. Yeah, he's almost been a little lucky that he, like, the only time he's really been in power was the first week, and that's, for him, probably the best-case scenario, because it's one of the more straightforward things to do. And since then, he hasn't really had to be making any type of diabolical decisions to cut people or go after people, so he's kind of been playing out pretty well for, for Wes. He, even, like, his main rival uh, of Yes, other people have been rallying around, too, to try to get him out, so uh, it's worked out pretty well for him. I mean... It's, I also think it's like, Grace and I talked about this last week, the MJ of it all, like the fact that MJ has become sort of like persona non grata in Brad's eyes and then therefore everyone's eyes is huge for Mm -hmm. Wes. Because if MJ was just locked in with the old alliance, last season's alliance, I think that would spell trouble for him. Yeah. And this this was something we talked about in the preseason where last season just went, as perfectly as it possibly could for MJ. And it's just so hard to replicate that uh, on another season, right back to back coming off a win. So to see things going so poorly for him socially and everything is, is not that surprising because it's just so hard for that to go so well twice in a row. Well, what's really interesting is just how continuously underestimated John A remains mm-hmm. that she's a double, a, a bat, like, not back to back winner, but a winner and like a back to back like crusher of yeah. this All Stars, and yet she remains underestimated. Um, but that's good for her game. Laugh all the way to the bank, John A. Yeah, I, I mean it's like I mean she really she is back. She's the top female in back to back seasons. She didn't get paid for the first one, but um, she performed that way. Uh, yeah, I think it's just you know she's not an imposing figure like a Laurel. She's not like in your face or anything like that. She just subtly goes about her business and does super well at everything she does lately. And her confidence is building. Like you could see her being like, Oh, you want to go against me? I will take you out. I have no problem. I'm really good at this now and I can beat anyone at anything at any time. And it is so remarkable to see uh, this new Johnny. Cause we see all flat. We saw a flashback of it this week of her losing with Zach and her last elimination. And she's like a completely different person now. And it, it's just so much more fun to watch. Um, it's funny you say fun to watch. I, I I'll spoil it. I didn't find this challenge that fun to watch. Uh, but let's get into it. Yeah. So this was you know classic Survivor esque challenge, the coconut chop. Instead of coconuts, you're running out to collect rings, um, and toss the rings on whoever you want. Get five rings on someone's uh wall thing. Uh, they are eliminated. I thought this challenge was broken with Anissa and Fessy. <laughs> yeah, it, it is when he 
when you come up with this type of thing, that people will try to game the system to try to manipulate, especially when you have these big types of alliances. Um, but I mean, I then it kind of, I mean, it kind of plays because at least you do have to show your cards a little bit, you get to see who you go after first, see how other people react. Even though plans are like pretty clear, people will still always take offense to them coming after you. So it it's not the most dramatic challenge, but I do think it has its place on a regular basis in each season. I liked that there was like a running checkpointy type thing that it wasn't just like you could like get a ball and put it in the person. Like there were specific colored rings that corresponded mm-hmm. to different people and whatever. I like that part of it because it added like I was like, oh, is Jordan like if they were targeting Jordan? There's a world that Jordan was able to like get five rings on somebody else like sooner because sure. he's like that kind of thing. But I do, here's what I don't like about it. I don't like that you really can't see who's targeting you. Like I know Wes was like, I'm making a point to see, and John A had what I think was a poor plan to like get in with the treehouse women and yeah. go who for they were going for so that she could see who was going for her. Like new slash, they're gonna go to you next. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh you can't really like in the survivor coconut chop challenge or other challenges like in trivia where you can like put a strike on somebody and eject them. That really is like nothing else is going on and you could pay attention to who sure. that is. I feel like I would have preferred them not to have time beforehand to strategize. Like the fact that they basically the men select Mark as the winner. I would like to see the cards of the main alliance more than I'd like to see like, okay, obviously Naya, Beth, John A and Oh God, my brain's blanking. Who else was on the outs? Naya, uh, Beth, Kellyanne. Kellyanne. Like they're, they're on the outs, but I want to see the chops coming from within inside the treehouse. Like the fact that they could just pick Mark as the winner is very like when they could pick Fessy and Anissa as the winner, when they pick Natalie Anderson as the winner on her mm-hmm. on San Juan del Sur, it's like once you can really manufacture who's going to win the challenge, to me the challenge no longer works. Yeah, so then maybe I take back my point I said before that. Maybe they I do wish they were told that only like the winner is safe and then the whoever they voted is can pick because then someone like Brad or really pretty much anyone wouldn't be okay with just Mark winning because yeah, I think with the that's why I do think that. But then Brad was reacting like he wanted to win. So like Brad was Brad's actions are very confusing. That like if he thought like okay MJ is definitely going in and we're going to vote someone in, then he really shouldn't care who wins. But if he knew that this was going to go down like this, then he probably wouldn't have one hundred percent. Like there's no way he would have been on board with Mark winning. So I don't I don't know if they knew of what was going to happen because like Brad's behavior was very inconsistent with everyone else's. I mean. Brad has to know that he's number one in the line of fire for MJ to pick without MJ even saying it. So it it does stand to reason that everybody's a little bit more okay taking the risk of MJ going in and Mark Mm. being the authority if Brad's 99% going to go in. But yeah, it was, it was weird the way it was edited. It was edited like Brad went to the bathroom and when he came back, this plan had been hatched. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. He's like, I, I don't know what he's like, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden we're just declared Mark the winner. Um on the flip side, I think we're getting that in confessionals. And again, it's sort of like, well, what at what point was MJ's thought process in the confessional be applicable after the challenge, during the challenge, right? Like with Brad, it's like maybe it is just after the fact, like 
this plan happened. He definitely wasn't the one who came up with it, but he was like, okay, fine, I guess I don't have to win. And then he learns of the rules and then it looks like he's going to go in and he's like, hold a minute, hold on a minute. I've mm-hmm. like put the pieces together now and I'm screwed. And now right. I'm retroactively mad and telling you in confessionals that I was never wanted any part of this. Like who, I love who can really say? I love retroactively mad is my favorite type of mad. It's a, it's a good one. <laughs> I'm constantly retroactively mad. Yeah, it's the best. um but yeah like it it also this challenge just like doesn't give any opportunity for the person on the bottom or out of the alliance to win and i feel like that's what this season needs they need somebody outside of the alliance that's the whole point of going the authority from six to two and like they just ensured it would never happen but that's why at least if they're doing this where it's like guaranteed to have someone from minority voted in at least here they do have it's not like doubly where then it's okay now the winner also picks and the loser goes in so at least here they could have the the loser could take a, a shot at someone in the majority alliance because they have that option right yeah true um all right and then just to add to the confusion of when did they know beth seems to be sure that she's going in at the end she's already going to the the end lines being like the end lines, the sidelines, being like, I know who I want, right. calling out John A right away. Now, is it because she knows she thinks that she's going to go in based on the prior rules, or is it because she thinks everyone's against her and just obviously they'll use that she was the first out, like to send her in? Who right. Can say? I, yeah, I think she just thinks that she's going in and she's already preparing her speech to the authority of who she, they, she wants to be thrown in. But yeah, I, it's all very confusing in terms of who knew what. And when it was declared to everyone. Who can say where the road is? I don't know the words. Um, music didn't really jump out at me this week, I have to say. Yeah, nothing stood out. I didn't, I didn't catch anything uh, big. Do you think there's anything brewing with Ronnie and John A? We got a little hint of Ronnie wanting to go after her. Not so much John A looking at Ronnie, but maybe is something brewing for maybe next week or a week or two after of Ronnie wanting to be the one to take the shot at John A. Yeah, like everybody in the treehouse, especially Ronnie, who's at the bottom of the treehouse alliance, is going to do the work. Everyone not in the treehouse basically is doing the work of the treehouse, like John A joining in, uh, Ronnie focusing her attention on John A, Naya unable to really get anything going with the other women. It's very frustrating. I mean, kudos to Kayla and Sylvia uh, and Veronica and Ronnie for playing a good game, but like. You know, when they're celebrating being the final four, being like treehouse, it's all the treehouse. It's like. I want to see them toppled. Right. Certainly no King's Palace song, by the way. They got to work on that. I want to shake the tree. Well, I mean, that's a great point. Like the King's Palace, people were complaining about them last year. And we only saw them in the room, like singing the songs. The treehouse is in front of the losers at the right. challenge being like, it's us. Welcome to the girls room. And like, nobody's upset about it. Because yeah, at this point, there's nothing they can do. I think what, what happened last season is at least other people got in power to take shots at the King's Palace. Like here, they just, I think they, like they said, I think they've been in the authority every single time. Like there's been never really an opportunity to take a shot at any of them. I mean, this challenge was four and four. It was Ronnie, but John A thinks she's like kind of a part of it, sort of, or wants yeah. to be. It was and no one, and no one, likes, no one likes Beth, so like that's out. Yeah, but it, it, 
it's very much the survivor where you like root for the people, the misfits at the bottom to like band together and make an alliance, but like an alliance just can't be built on necessity necessarily. Yep. Um, okay. Let's talk about this, this jazz. I think MJ takes an approach that was my first instinct in the approach that you should take, which is go to Mark and say, I'm going to put in your closest ally. If you send me in, Mm-hmm. and not do what Beth does and say, I'm going to basically put in John A. I know she mentions Kayla, but like, if you're going to Sylvia, you need to be saying, I a hundred percent will put Kayla in. Yes, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think MJ played it perfectly because not only is it like what you should say to try to get out of it, get out of it. It's also the truth. Like, so that plays even more. It's not like he's like coming out of left field with just like, like Oh, what out of nowhere you're going after Brad. Like, no, clearly MJ is the most, most people with Brad. Brad is most beef with MJ, so it would make logical sense for MJ to target Brad on a personal level. So whether he might try to like go a different route when the when push comes to shove, if he wants to go after a smaller guy, like that's debatable, but in this moment, it would make per, per, uh, perfect sense for MJ to go after Brad. So you say that to, to Mark, and it, it would play perfectly. And I think like Mark might have to be more willing to cut Brad at some point. Like he... I guess it wasn't clear to me that Brad is his closest ally in the house. Like, I think I might have guessed Derek, but but who can say? Like, all of them are pretty close. But, like, Sylvia and Kayla are so core. And, like, it seems obvious that Sylvia would be very devastated to lose Kayla in this game. Oh, for sure. Was was Brad in the authority when Mark was voted in? Yeah, because he like saved Wes and then was like, oh shit, can I save right. another person? And yes, who would save two people was like, no, you yeah. can't. Sorry. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> surprised that that hasn't really come, that didn't come back around uh, for this week. Maybe this is why they let Mark win, honestly, because they felt bad that they didn't protect him uh, that one time. Uh, but I'm kind of surprised that there was no additional pushback of Mark being like, well, Brad, you didn't really save me. So, like, why should I save you type of thing? And maybe that's why Brad ends up making his appeal to Wes. Uh, because he's like, I've done a lot for you, but he can't make that same appeal to because he because he did not for sure not. Let, let's briefly touch on the seemingly baseless now accusation that Beth makes, and uh, I had seen this on Reddit, and you know, I'm more I'm inclined to believe things when they're on Reddit. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, it's good no, like, life. I feel like a lot of times with these kinds of things, like where there's smoke, there's fire. This seemed like even the way Beth was delivering the rumor that John A and MJ had more than a friendship on the challenge, like that Beth was like intentionally making it up. Did you get that vibe? It was just very weird. It was the whole thing because there was no one else to bring it up. And it's not like Beth. I feel like Beth wouldn't know like of all the people, like unless everyone else was just covering it up for, for them, which I guess is possible. But like of all people, Beth would be the one to find out and would spread it and like be here. It was all very gross. It, it found me, it was very uncomfortable uh, the whole way through. Although Johnny's confessional was a little uh, sus, I would say, like the little facial expressions she was making when she was like, I've, we were not sleeping together. I'm not having an affair. Like, I don't know if she was like mafia, I would probably vote her out. Seemed a little <laughs> sus, but uh, I'm like, I hope it's not true, obviously for her and her husband's sake. To me, MJ and Johnny's confessionals read as like, they're an impossible situation because if you get irate and people are like, wow, you got so mad must be true. And if you don't seem to get upset about it, then like, wow, she didn't even seem like she cared. Sure. Must be true. Um, 
I agree it was weird, but it probably is weird to direct a camera be like i did not have sexual relations with that man like it's it's like yeah. a weird thing to be accused of by someone who you don't know who you hate <laughs> on national it's also, tv it's also just weird to hear the word affair and the challenge like obviously the people have cheated on people on the challenge <laughs> right. all the time but it's never to the level of an affair which is very jarring it just felt so adult <laughs> to hear that in the challenge which is funny because affair is arguably feels ca- more casual than cheating like we had a fa- an affair like if you just think of the meaning of the word i would say affair feels like an assassination where like cheating feels like murder like it feels more like official or something yeah. i don't know there's like a higher level to it no i totally agree that's so funny but if you think of what the word affair means like it was an event we had an event we had an indiscretion <laughs> right, but like cheated like, you cheated yeah. but yeah no affair is more severe i agree um that is hilarious uh the the thing that i'm like raising about beth maybe like what was weird is in the confessional she's like i'm just gonna mix things up like i just i'm lashing out i'm mad and i'm lashing out to stir things up like is that her explaining like i'm just gonna try to make people think that john is a cheating liar i Mm -hmm. think it was whether she was intentionally doing it or she was just spreading like a loose rumor I agree. It was gross. Yeah. I mean, it would be absolutely wild if she just made it up on the spot. Like, it had to be at least a rumor that was popping around that she caught wind of and just decided to spread it. Because, I mean, if she just said that, like, the drop of a hat, like, that's just unbelievably crazy to just say that. So, it, there had to be at least a little bit of a rumor to it. And that's how Well, she this man up. and women, this man and woman are very close. Like, I bet something's going on. You know, like, I don't know. It was a bad look for Beth. Bad episode for yeah. her. Bad uh, season or whatever the hell you want to call it for her. And what I will say is like with the exception of a favored uh, yellow fruit named person uh, (laughs) generally if they have the footage they'll roll it. Right. I don't know that it's in the spirit of All-Stars 3 such that I'm confident but as a general matter if there's footage that backs something like this up Mm. reality tv would generally err on the side of showing it unless it happened in one of the uh cut portions of the final that they uh (laughs) oh my god i'm dying um but this was kind of crazy like if at the night out you told me or at the end of the challenge you told me that this episode was going to end with two people nominating themselves when there were such clear two targets i would have said I'm surprised by that. <laughs> yeah, and to have Wes be one of them, uh, I kind of thought when he was giving his spiel about, um, you know, I want to show Brad that like his friendship means more to me. Like I'm not willing to throw it away for the game, all, all that stuff. And he offered to do it. I was waiting for the confessional to, for him to be like, I hope they don't actually take me seriously on that because I really don't want to do that. But he had a confession where he was again uh, reiterated the point. I'm not. I don't want to throw away my friendship for Brad. I hope this helps me mend things and I I was kind of it was stunning. I was terrified when this conversation happened because this conversation was surreal to me. It was very strange on both people's parts. The pretzel that Brad's brain twisted itself into to get to a place where he was like I can't trust Wes if I go in today when all of the men in the alliance made this plan. Like, I don't I don't really understand what Brad has done. It doesn't seem like he's really swayed anyone except for maybe in the vote where 
it was Mark to not vote in West. Like, I, I don't, you know, I don't think the work he's done to quote save West is commensurate with West having to nominate himself in mm-hmm. place of a rivalry that Brad himself has contributed to <laughs> and egged on. Uh, like if if MJ selected Brad, it's Brad's fault. <laughs> um, but I was like, oh my god, West taking almost no convincing to volunteer to go in for Brad to be like case closed. Brad's more important to me. Then picking yes to jump ahead. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what I feared all along that Wes is here under like a limited contract. He episode five, he's going to mm-hmm. go out and like, Oh, say no more, Brad. I'll throw myself in. I'm the hero for my friend. I'm going to go out in this rivalry with Wes. Yes. I'm going to lose gracefully to him, earn his respect and go home and cash my check. And I was like, we're done. That's it. This was a fraud. Yeah. No, I mean it was it was so uncharacteristic of West that it it would certainly be plausible to believe all that it was playing out because it I, I couldn't believe how upset Brad was at West for for all this. Like you said, this was definitely I mean it was probably West's idea, obviously, but I mean everyone else agreed with it. Um, so it, it was just a so surreal thing to see play out because I, I don't think we've seen West do anything like this ever. So uh, it and then for a season where we're getting close to the end, it wasn't like this is week one or week two, like we're getting close to the final. Um, West has a good chance to win. Unbelievable. Also, I don't know why Brad, Brad was like, I would have won if not for the plan. The only reason that Brad was in the final two was because of the plan. Like, forget if it was Wes's idea, even if they hadn't discussed it. MJ would have gone for Brad because mm-hmm. Brad has created this rivalry with MJ. Maybe Brad would have gone for MJ and maybe in seeing that other people might have gone for MJ. More likely, all the other men would have gone for Jordan. Jordan in seeing this would have helped MJ like he did go for Brad and Brad would have been out because MJ would have stayed in longer. You know what I mean? It's just like mm-hmm. without this plan, Brad's the only one with bad blood with anyone in the house. Yes, would have been going for Wes. Okay. And yeah, it would have I mean, probably been Derek and Mark in the final two with no blood on their hands. Yeah, I mean, this challenge screamed Mark winning just without any outset because, again, he's, you know, the guy father. People don't want to necessarily go after him. So I could easily have seen him skating on by and, and winning this type of thing anyway. And he, I, I mean, I don't know how much how true this is, but he seemingly was kind of taking his time and saving his energy. So maybe he would have tried a little bit harder in the daily too. So, yeah, I to me, this without any uh, any plans in motion, this screamed one for Mark to win, regardless. Um, I was unimpressed with Brad. With Brad literally going to someone he is, quote, best friends with and being like, you have to go in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of expected, besides the fact that I thought Wes was taking a dive intentionally, like you said, like Wes was going to do a confessional, like I hope he doesn't take me up on this. Like when Wes says, like, if you're asking me to go in in place of you, then I will. I'm floored that Brad accepted that. Yeah. Well, most time Brad speaks, he's very unimpressive. So <laughs> it's usually just his physical game that does the talking. Uh, and then in the, in the deliberation, we find out from Sylvia that John A went to Sylvia and said, if Beth is going to pick me or Kayla, I would rather take matters into my own hands, get those stars and protect Kayla. Yeah. The protect Kayla part was, odd for sure um i like the delivery like the edit delivery of it like the, the bizarro immunity i don't find uh of johnny tossing herself in but 
I, w- w- was that just trying to butter up with Sylvia to be like, I'll protect Kayla for like a future elimination to say like, I'm on your side. Like I'm looking out for your girl here. Yeah, I think I think John A is still trying to play her very good political game and she's definitely playing more from the bottom than she was last time. But like, yeah, if John A is making this deal with Sylvia and is going to do it anyway, why not highlight that it's going to help her treehouse and then maybe uh, she makes it she survives Kellyanne, Beth and Naya as the like top of the bottom alliance. And we've seen hints now, both this week and I think last week too, of people going after people with stars. So I think everyone does think the stars are going to matter pretty significantly, probably come the final. And again, it points to like something, you know, you Grace talked about last week, we've talked about the whole time that I just wish we and they knew what the stars meant. So we would know if going after people with stars is a viable reason or if it's, you know, not worth your time or, or what the impact would be of those stars. Yeah, I do wonder if stars plus um, being able to see the elimination and pick your opponent will lead to more people throwing themselves in a lot of the skull challenges um, than we've seen in All-Stars past. I did like the very cute moment when Shanae wins the elimination and MJ points to the three stars across his shirt because she'll also have three. I Mm. thought that was very cute. That's very nice. (laughs) Um, all right. To the arena. Yeah. The elimination knockoff. Uh, each uh, person raised up onto a platform where they have to push like, a peg to try to knock the other person off on the other side of the wall. Maybe it was obvious to them that these were like cushioned pegs with a ledge. When I first saw the challenge, just from the vantage point, we could see on TV. And then Wes picked yes. That's when I was sure that he was throwing it because Wes is like a climber and has like strength and um, is like light. Like I kind of thought they were going to have to like climb across or something. Like I didn't realize it was going to be like pushing and that Wes being like a slimmer man would be an advantage for Wes. I was very scared. Yeah, the, the way they they used to do this, not used to, but another version of the challenge where it's like you have to push more pegs through to that person's side the other one you're going back and forth for like five minutes I like the, the twist on this one where you're trying to knock the other person off but I think either the pegs needed to be like firmer or the platform needed to be smaller I don't it, there was, it was almost too easy to like navigate it around or like maybe as the challenge will go on you have to like they got rid of spaces where you can move and you're more and more focused in one sp- uh, specific area because it, it didn't play that well but I like it in concept but I, I just they, they needed to tweak it yeah I think it didn't work and I saw your tweet about Beth I hated that Beth quit I'm not defending her but like it was a pointless challenge like I, I think the two of them would have been up there forever like it didn't it also didn't seem like a hard hit from that would have really knocked you off which is I think what you're saying about the platform yeah. being smaller yeah. um, it also like there was no world where they were gonna like really use the full length of it like they basically just locked up in one spot and pushed back and forth until they were exhausted. And, you know, you caught the other person slipping, which like didn't seem like what the design of the challenge was supposed to be, given that no. there were like five times the space <laughs> that was actually used. Yeah. I, I think it's more successful when it's the challenge you're talking about where it's like, pushing the pieces to the other side and having the most pieces at the end. Cause that that's endurance, but 
it's not it's like easier for us to watch. I was like, maybe they could have done something where it's like if the things hit you. So there's like more incentive to like run around like mm-hmm. in a boxing match. Like you get right. a point for every time you hit them with the peg thing. But that right. also doesn't work it's like a Mario um, Party game. Yeah, I, I was unimpressed by the challenge, but not unimpressed by Wes and Yes's performance. No, Yes and Wes were were great. Um, very, very, very contrasting styles. Like we saw last week, Jordan uh, doing a lot of talking to try to get Darrell off his game. Here we see Yes doing it, um, and obviously it plays out very differently for both of them. But it's very interesting. If that, if anything, you would think going into this one, if you're told, okay, someone's going to be doing a lot of talking to try to get the other one off their game. You would think it would be Wes, and Yes would be the more silent, like assassin one, trying to like stay focused. So it was very interesting to see those uh, personalities flip uh, for this elimination. Yeah, definitely. But you know, Wes is definitely someone who's got more strategy when he goes into the game and when he goes into the challenges. And like he was saying, like it does not behoove you to alert me to where your face is by talking on the other end of it. Yep. Well, let's talk about Beth's qualm with the challenge. Wes also is the beneficiary of this, that it it seemed to be a huge benefit if the audience was on your side, letting you know where the person was. So it, two things. First, it about the how it, it if it's even advantage for this one, like we said, like every for the entire challenge, you're basically in like a very small contained area. So I don't even know what telling you where the person is would help like. They already know where the person is. They're in like the same spot they've been for the last 20 minutes. They're not really moving that much. Or if they're moving, they're moving like a foot over. And you can probably just sense it from like them talking or the what peg they just pushed. So I don't even know what advantage Johnny was getting from MJ because she knew where she was the whole time, right? It was also everyone. <laughs> like I, right. I thought again, and, and Beth is so rude when she's calling her Janae. Like, you know her name. It's right. so rude. And like, oh, your boyfriend's helping you. Like the entire house wants you gone. The entire house is helping her and was largely helping Wes. But yeah, I agree. I mean, you could probably feel if you like just touch mm-hmm. the peg, like if the other person's holding on to it. And every time they push a peg, they're telling you where they are. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely people- think. Go ahead. And people have been helping people in eliminations right. since the dawn of time. Like that's gonna happen. Like to me, that's the same thing as like complaining you lost in a puzzle in elimination. Like you can't complain about that. That is part of the show. It's going to happen a hundred times out of a hundred, and it's either something you have to adapt to, and, or maybe try to get a friend in the house to help. That way, they, they can help you. Like it, this is just part of the show. So complaining about that, I do not want to hear it. Agree. That's what I say. It's not cheating. If it were. The challenge has ways to make it so that the audience can help. Uh, They can put things over. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's built into the challenge. It's built into the show. Get a friend in the house. Like you said, it's bad social game. They didn't want you in the house. So the whole house cheered and helped. It would be like saying in pole wrestle, cheering is cheating. Like, obviously, it's helpful when people constantly talk about, oh, it was great to hear everybody rooting for me to come back. Like, Yep. That helps. It's a home team advantage. Like, get a grip, Beth. Yeah. We had people literally calling out the answers to a math puzzle in elimination. <laughs> so I don't want to hear, like, knowing where to push a peg. Like, that's not nearly as bad. Uh, what does juicy fruit mean? New slang? I don't know. Did you, like, Nehemiah kept being like, juicy fruit, Wes. I was like, did they make up a code? Like, push the peg to the right? If you're. <laughs> well, it's what, what you said. Remember, I feel like maybe they learned from. Uh... 
Mark, the elimination that Mark won, where they needed code to tell Latarian, okay, it's time to go run around to the other corner. Yeah, uh, juicy they, fruit. They, they, this is the juicy fruit. All right, it's going after the the left the uh, the left foot this time. It's juicy fruit. Um, but all right, I will say West gets it done. It was an, an exciting to watch. Uh, and then I will say, yes, really does back up his whole worldview of fairness and integrity by the way he loses this challenge. Yeah, and TJ certainly backs it up even more, calling him, I think he said, the greatest human ever. Uh, quite my the, favorite human. Yeah, what a state. Jeez. I mean, from what I hear, this is accurate and a, and a widely held belief. Rourke told me she read somewhere that he like left like a huge tip for the people who like clean the, the house yeah. and he's just a really good egg. Um I think <laughs> what? A good egg. I don't know. That That's funny. an expression, right? <laughs> I know. It's just funny. I don't know. It's funny. <laughs> um he is. I think he's sort of the fa- I don't agree with his worldview that uh, the adults should play a game where right. they don't strategize and backstab, but I think there's a place for Wes in the challenge. Oh, yes, in the challenge. Mm-hmm. Yes, you don't agree with that everyone should play the strategy that would help yes win, that uh, people should <laughs> do that? Yeah. Uh, that was that was an eye roll type moment as well. But yeah, uh, you know, good, good send off for yes. Good showing. Um... The, the one thing I want to highlight from the preview is the way Brad saying that MJ will do whatever it takes not to go in after this ep, I thought is like a little pot kettle. Yeah, a little bit. I think I, 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 to me, I felt like I was spoiled during the trailer where I think they showed who won the daily, but now I completely forgot who I think won the daily. So I, oh, I thought I was spoiled, but now I don't even remember for next week. So that's great. All right. Let's see. Who do you think is the most likely to return from the gentleman? All right, so I got the list. Uh, I would have it's pretty close between Darrell and Yes, but I would put Darrell one just because he hasn't won in a while. So I would say Darrell one, followed by Yes. Uh, even more so than after his win, I think he just added a lot more this season than even when he won the season. Uh, so I would say yeah, Darrell one, Yes two. I'll put Latarian three. Cyrus four, Tyler five. I think that's all the guys, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and then yeah. Oh. What do you? So have? I have no, the you... same list. I just put yes first. Uh, I think that it, I agree. It's very close, but I think in terms of the person more likely to say yes is yes. Mm-hmm. I think Darrell is like I'm not doing this anymore. Before yes does. I don't think either of them are at that point, but that gives a slight edge to yes there. And then for the women, I would have Kendall one, Melinda two, but again, very close. Uh, Jemmy three, Tina four, Cynthia five, and however far down I could put her, Beth. So here's the thing. It's not who we want to come back. Because I had the same issue. And for that reason, I have a very similar list. I have Melinda, Melinda, Kendall, Tina, Jemmy. They're pretty much a tight three, four. Beth and then Cynthia. Like, I don't see a world Cynthia returns before Beth. I would rather have Cynthia at this point. I want to live in that world, though. I want to live in that world. Where Beth is never to be seen from again after that pitiful, pitiful quit. It's Brian's world and we're all just living in it. To quit during, like, during an elimination. Like, you're up there. What are you doing? 
Just get knocked off then. Quit. Oh, people are shouting out help. I don't want to play. Beth is definitely the type of person where you're playing video games and she like gives up uh, it, it gives up and pulls the plug and it's the worst. I hate those type yeah, of people. Yeah, she flips the board in Monopoly. Yeah, absolutely. But, but here's the question. I agree. It's frustrating. Is that better for her character though? If she like fakes a loss to John A, like maybe that that's better from a competitor mm-hmm. perspe- perspective. But for Beth's character, I think this is a better choice. Oh, sure. I mean, like, if this was WWE, like, she's, like, you know, public enemy number one from the people, from the competitors, like, she's a super she's a villain heel. right now. She's a big-time heel. Exactly. <laughs> big-time heel, where she comes out, people are throwing all the types of stuff from the crowd, they're booing, they want her out. Yeah, so for as a villain arc, this is great for Beth. Uh, so I guess she is doing her part, but I don't think she's playing up the heel card. I think she just wanted out. Alright, speaking of wanting out, there you go. I think that's the end of my guess. <laughs> you can subscribe. Uh, robswebsite.com slash challenge iTunes. Uh, challenge CBS was announced July 6th. So that's coming in a month. I'll be excited. Uh, follow me on Twitter. You're not getting oh. your independence from me, Brian. <laughs> follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Going right underscore. <laughs> Good. Uh, follow you. You've been all over the place last week. What do you mean I've been all over the place? You dropped like two new girl old guys in like a week. You got an appearance on the B&B popping up all over the place. Well, so it's funny. I just no, we just released new girl old guy when we were supposed to. (laughs) It feels like a lot. (laughs) Last Wednesday and this Wednesday, but excellent plug if you want to check out. uh, We wrapped up season three of New Girl. uh, Kiwi. Whoa. We're almost halfway there. Anchor.fm slash new girl old guy. I was a guest on a relationship advice podcast called Finding Mr. Height, the Patreon. So I think it'll cost you like seven dollars to listen to it. Uh, but with our friend of the podcast, Rourke, you could Google Finding Mr. Height, the podcast, and check that out. Patreon, whatever. Um, great podcast. The ones I'm not on, those are free. You should listen to those too. And if you like it, pay them. Um, and I was on the B&B with a great uh, Liana Boris and Mike Bloom playing some games, talking about the finale of Survivor and making a lot of enemies on Twitter. Love it. No, your take was was spot on. People are going to forget Romeo in a heartbeat. I'm sorry. Now, I forgot the one asterisk. I forgot about the coming out storyline. That is not to say that that's like more significant or less significant than anyone else's storylines. But like, for sure, there are people who will remember Romeo as really great LGBT representation on Survivor. And there are people, if Romeo is your favorite, remember him. What do I care? I Mm -hmm. didn't edit the show. I didn't edit him out of the entire second half of the show. He was completely purple, except when he won immunity. Like, get out of here. And then even then. So Mm -hmm. all I meant to say was like, my favorite people season to season, I can't even remember what season they were on. Or who was the, I had to look up recently who was the third place finalist in season 40. And I know people bite my head off. Michelle Fitzgerald, Mm -hmm. good for you if you remember that. But like, good for you. 95% of these people are going to be forgotten next season. I wasn't personally attacking your favorite survivor. (laughs) Stop adding me. I can't (laughs) emphasize this off. I don't care. Clearly, listeners of the BNB do not listen to this podcast or they would already know that. Yes.
Yeah, I can't. I, I was trying to think back. I can't name four people from season 39. I barely remember who won. Was that Tommy season or was he 38? I don't even know. Well, Out here's John the other. The real a hole is the person who added Romeo in the exchange. Like, that's mean. If you really like Romeo, leave him alone. <laughs> like, I just. I mean, it wasn't even an exchange. It was like somebody like saying how great Romeo was. And then he was like, yeah, King and added Romeo. And I think Romeo didn't like bother to like understand the context as he shouldn't. And all the respect. So if he enjoyed the thread of his accomplishments, I'm happy Mm -hmm. he saw it. But like, it wasn't like, I wasn't trying to say Romeo did nothing and was a bad player. Take it up with the edit. Don't take (laughs) it up with me. Blame CBS Uh, for all the editing. Can't wait to see how they screw up the edit for the challenge. I love that I have. No, the edit was great. Survivor editing was great this season. They just didn't give Romeo a lot of airtime. Sorry to say. Alrighty. Although I would like to say what I said about Jenna and MJ. Uh, If they had it, they would show it. (laughs) Ooh, on that note, we'll be back next week, episode six. Till then, have a good one. Hey guys, Brian from the editing room. We uh, signed off too quick. Forgot to go through the beep beep. The DDs are here. The first update of the season through episode five. We have scores. And unfortunately for me and Allie, the scores are not good. Right now through five weeks, Matt and Scally, six points. Me and Allie have negative two. <laughs> so we are the losingest losers in the bad way so far. The must-lose draft. Just for some scores updates. And so the reasoning for the points, so for this week, Jemmy, or I said, John A lost the point for her elimination win. Yes, gained the point for his elimination loss, which went to Scally. Wes lost a point for his elimination win, which went to Matt. Sylvia lost a point for her daily win, which went to Allie. I lost the point for Mark for his daily win. A lot of the big scores for the week for the season, Kendall, Darrell, both uh, eliminated last week. Big time two point losses in the first batch. I had Tyler three point early loss. It, it's not going well. The people left. Scally has lost Cynthia, Batarian, and yes, still has John A, Nehemiah, and Jordan. The definitely not spoiled Matt Lagori has lost Darrell, Melinda, Kendall, and Tina. Only has Ronnie and Wes left for me and Allie. Allie has only lost. Cyrus still has Veronica, Sylvia, Naya, Derek, and Kellyanne. I've lost Jemmy and Tyler. I still have MJ, Kayla, Brad, and Mark. So we are definitely going to need, I would say, John A and either Wes or Jordan to win this whole thing. For me and Allie to have any chance right now as we are down by eight points. Not looking good. Ooh, we are down but not out. But shout out to the DDs. Thanks for all you do. Um, we will go back to regularly tossing this in to our coverage next week or maybe this will always just be Brian from the editing room this is Brian from the editing room signing off have a good one